welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we, like the Eye of Sauron, stare fixedly at Blizzard, forever watching everything they do. Not that we're creepy or anything. Well, except Mitch. And speaking of Mitch, <laughs> with us this week are two co-hosts, one of whom is Magnificent, one of whom is Mitch. First up, Mitch. Hello. Hey, good try. Thanks. You kind of let me down. You let me down on being creepy, man. Well, I mean, I I didn't want to be too creepy and then like have it hang over the show for the whole time, so I just opted for yeah. kind of creepy. Fine, Mitch is a shambling corpse. How have you been up to this week, Mitch? Um, good. Playing Final Fantasy actually, which is not a Blizzard game, but enjoying that. The Cup of Noodles quest is bad as I'm hearing. I I haven't done that yet. I did see a sign for Cup of Noodles and I was like, that's interesting. And then I noticed Coleman like camping gear and so now i have a quest to look forward to specifically wait, wait, isn't this set in an entirely different world yes it is <laughs> like, like <laughs> yet they have coleman products they coleman do. transcends universes yep um but you know other than the weird product placement i've been having fun with that because i haven't played a final fantasy game since 10 uh, or really played a console system like other than we since ps2 and xbox original uh so it's been a lot of fun all right, cool. Also with us this week, uh, she does practically everything around here, including recording the show. Seriously, sometimes I feel like Anne is my house writing my articles for me. Anne Stickney, what have you been up to this weekend? I am in your house. Uh, trust me, you're <laughs> that's, not. That's it's negative. Like about as cre- like creepier than what I said, man. <laughs> it's negative 22 degrees out here. I don't think you showed up. Yeah, no. It, it was like 21 degrees this morning, and the heat decided... Well, the boiler, the downstairs boiler. We have like a radiant heat, I think is what it calls it, when you've got the copper pipes and it pumps the hot water through the pipes and that like yeah, heats like the house. Yes. Um, for whatever reason, the boiler decided it just really didn't want to work all that hard this morning. So when I woke up, it was 21 degrees outside and I think it was like about maybe 40 in the house. It was chilly. very cold. It was very cold. So, um, Yeah. I don't want to be where you're at because that's colder than it was here. And it was really cold here. <laughs> yeah, like I'm at the point where I have to like, you know, wear multiple layers just to like go out to the store. And like I took a picture of myself for the 20, 2006 versus 2016 hashtag thing. And one of the pictures is me smiling back in 2006. The other one is me completely covered up in like head to toe winter gear. So I, I look like, you know, if you've seen the, the, the original, not the original, but the original remake of that thing. I look like McCready from the thing. Oh, there you go. Okay. I, I didn't realize that's why people were doing that. I didn't go, realize going, was a hashtag thing. Going back to the uh, cup noodle thing, I actually saw a video of the quest. Oh, what, is it as bad as I'm hearing? Oh, yes. But <laughs> but it's so bad that in a way it's almost kind of good because the voice actors are playing it. The way the voice actors do the lines, it sounds like they're being very serious but they're also very aware of just how ridiculous this is so it's like that kind of serious if you know what i'm talking about i I think i understand it's sort of like overacting just a little bit (laughs) so it's just yeah it's very out of place and so there's coleman ads along with there's so like is this just a thing that happened in the game like they just decided to do in-game advertising i guess so but like uh, so you can stay at inns or like campgrounds or whatever, right. um, and that's how you kind of rest up and get XP. But you can also like if there's none nearby and you don't want to leave where you are, there's just spots on the map where you can camp out for the night. Like, right. You set up your own camp, um, and I think there's also fishing spots. And in I yes, think back in those... Final Fantasy three, we called that using a tent. Yes, it's 
yeah, that's what you do. Um, but and I think it also is in fishing spots. But there's like you know those unfoldable chairs, and you open them up, and there's just the Coleman logo on the back. Camp stools or whatever. Yeah. Camp chairs. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but there's so is there more than that and the cup I th- noodles? I think there's. Uh, I don't know, actually. The car was wasn't the car specially made by some company, something too. Pro- probably. I'm just so weirded out right now because I'm remembering like all of these really old Final Fantasy games. Like three, I have three on my iPad, so I can play it. When Couldn't I'm do product placement in three if you wanted to because nothing has got any. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like trying to imagine anyone doing product placement in those old games or like the old Nintendo games. Like you know, you're tooling around on Mario, like Super Mario World, and you like go down a pipe, and then all of a sudden there's like ads for Drano. <laughs> I don't. What gets me about this is like I'm imagining like if this becomes like, to a certain degree this is already industry standard. Like for instance, a lot of the Call of Duty type clones, the battlefields and so forth, that kind of do that kind of thing. Right. Usually, usually with guns, like the, they'll actually have guns from companies and so forth. I'm just imagining if World of Warcraft that's starts, not disturbing at all. Well, yeah, do I'm you just imagining like World of Warcraft starts doing it where like you know your character starts a basic campfire and he actually pulls out a Zippo lighter or do you, you know do you remember it was a big issue a while back because I think. When Titan was still in development, right. there was something about Blizzard looking for advertising partners, like for in-game advertising. And people were like, oh, my God, is Titan going to have like billboards? Or well, see, they on? could do that with Overwatch if they wanted to, because yeah. technically that's Earth. It's just future Earth. But, you know, yeah. um, but if they was, wanted to, they could do that. Have an omnic crisis and a smile with Coke. Yeah. Will they do that? <laughs> I don't think that they will do that, but. I'm just like the thing is with Overwatch, you could do stuff like you could have the arcade games that they have. Most of them are like joke arcade games, but you could put like a real arcade thing in there if you wanted to. Well, but I that's don't think just... you want to advertise another video game, but you could put like you know cola around, like like different soft drink. Like you could put that on the vending machines, or yeah. like I mean, I guess you could probably put cup noodles in Overwatch somewhere if you wanted to. Cup noodles, is taking, cup noodles is just taking over gaming. It will be in everything this year. <laughs> the payload, the, 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 the sad fist, thing just is, a, just a cup noodle. <laughs> I I want cup noodle now. I know we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's working. We are the helpless pawns. It's so well, terrible. I have to I have to drink out of this Coleman thermos I have here. But after I do that, we can move. No, I don't I don't know. <laughs> But uh, all right, this week we've got some news stories of various things. I think since we just talked about Overwatch, I'll mention that one first. Sure. Last last week uh, at the Game Awards, Overwatch won Game of the Year. It won Which... Game of the Year, and it won a bunch of other awards, too. I think there was a game development um, for Overwatch, and then I can't remember. There was a bunch. It won, it won like three or four different awards, I think. Okay. And one of them was a, uh, if I remember correctly, one of them was... Um, Wow. Okay. My computer. I, I just got distracted by my computer. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah, I got distracted by my computer because I was looking up the awards and things. And I went to like our website to go ahead and bring up the thing that I wrote or that you wrote. Did you write it? Yeah, you wrote it. Uh, best esports, best multiplayer, game of the year and best direction. Game direction. Yeah, it was game direction, multiplayer and then esports game of the year. That was a fan chosen award. Uh, oh, I didn't know that, but okay. Yeah. So that was actually like pretty cool. It was also nominated for more than the ones it won. Um, yeah, it, I think it was nominated for a few more. Basically, what we're saying is that this is essentially the year of Overwatch. Since it came out, since it was even announced, uh, the buzz about it has been huge. Since it came out, it's. I think they they blew past 20 million users 
like in the first couple of months. Uh, it's, yeah, it's ridiculously it's... huge. Um, Overwatch is going to be you're going to be hearing about Overwatch for years to come. It is going to be one of their biggest games. It's going to be one of their biggest franchises. If this didn't cement that for you, it's only because it was already cemented for you. Uh, and what's really funny is I say this as a dude who does not play Overwatch because I get hugely motion sick when I play it, but I love watching it. Like I, I just wrote a breakfast topic about this. I love. I will watch people play Overwatch all freaking day. I might buy the game at some point just so I can do do spectator mode or what's, watch my wife play. What's it. super weird is that like most of the, I don't play first person shooters because they make me a little bit kind of queasy, and Overwatch is the first one that I played that hasn't done that. Huh. I don't know why. I don't know thing, why. Here's the thing for me. I mean, I know that Overwatch does it because I tried. Like, I got the beta and played it, and then I even considered, like, buying it. Um, the problem I have with it is very simple. My right eye is gone. Like, it's it can barely see. Like, it's all cloudy. My During Overwatch, what happens is my right eye tries to track things, and then I'm done. Because my brain is like, what the heck is that? And it's just all over. But see, I mean, that... When I'm not playing, know. I don't do that. Because when I'm playing, I'm trying to watch everything. You know what I mean? Like when you're playing a game like that, you're trying to watch everything, trying to make sure you don't get sniped. You want to see what's going on. Uh, you want to figure out how the heck to actually use those stupid biotic grenades because I keep dropping them in the wrong place. And but if just... you're just watching a video or watching yeah. a stream, you don't have to. Plus, I get yeah. to hear people like, you know, freak out. Like whoever, like one of the ones I love to watch, it's got these, these three, these three English people who just, they lose their minds when ultimates come up. <laughs> and it's, it is the the funniest thing ever to hear. Go, oh my God, it goes nuts as he's using McCree's ultimate. Apparently everybody likes Pharaoh. I'm not sure why. Huh. Apparently question. her ultimate's really good. I don't know. But yeah, game of the year, honestly, um, I think it was pretty well deserved. It's It beat Titanfall 2, which is a game I've been really yeah. Um, it was actually a pretty strong slate of, of games to beat. They beat, um, I, oh, I want to say Limbo, but it's not Limbo. It's the sequel to Limbo. Inside? Inside, thank you. Yeah. Uh, they beat that by Play Dead. Um, they beat uh, Titanfall 2. There was one other game they beat that I can't remember, um, but it's but it's pretty famous. So, yeah, they... they Doom? Yes, it was Doom, the new Doom, which apparently is really great. Lots of people... Yeah, it's, it was it's Doom, a lot of fun. Uh, and then I think Uncharted 4 was on that list, too. Yeah, Uncharted yeah. 4. 2016 has been a great year for games. And Absolutely. But yeah, it 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 was pretty amazing. Uh, I think what's really funny is the other games are games that have story modes. Like, well, you know, obviously Inside is that is a story mode. It doesn't have a multiplayer. There's no multiplayer. Let's escape from the horror. Yeah, Although, it's it, you know. it's funny that Overwatch beat Titanfall too, because Titanfall, like the original one, a big complaint about it was that it didn't have a story mode. Now, Titanfall 2 does have a story mode. Overwatch doesn't. Still Overwatch, yeah, Overwatch. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that Overwatch is very much built around its multiplayer in a much more organic way than Titanfall was. Yeah. In a much yeah. more distinctive way. Like, you, you really do. You can go in with your friends and you really feel like you're making choices and doing things. Whereas Titanfall, Titanfall 2, in my mind, is one of the games I really do want to play. So I'm not, I'm not giving I'm, Overwatch the praise just because. I, I honestly feel like... You know, they've done something that makes people stand up and pay attention. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Overwatch, just in my mind, it's it's lighthearted and fun. You you get to get together with your friends and, and beat the snot out of other people or each other. And it's just, it's fun. It's goofy and it's fun and it doesn't take yeah. itself too seriously. And well, yeah, I really watched, like it. Having watched the Halloween brawl in particular, oh yeah. I watched, I've watched like a lot of, of episodes of that and... Uh, I was watching it when people were like trying to stop things from get to the gate, and 
I don't know how to explain it. I've never seen a, a game like this. Like when I played, when, when I saw people playing Team Fortress 2 or when I tried playing it myself, it was always very grim. Like, you know, very much focused on the objective. I've watched people playing Overwatch completely forget the objective. And not in a well, in Yeah, because it's way. just like I said, it's like this, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's just, it's really lighthearted and fun. I don't know. Or raids. Raids put a video up last night of a dude playing Lucio. Yeah. And oh that, yeah. That guy is having more fun playing Lucio than like I, than my puppy has with like. Being <laughs> I I thought it was really funny the other day. I know it's taking a while on this, but I, I picked up Overwatch for console because it was like super discounted. And uh, my brothers who have the Black me, Friday thing. Yeah, it was okay. like thirty five bucks I think for Origins. Oh um, nice. Yeah, but like my brothers who have watched me play on PC have never actually played it. Um, so they gave it a try in console and the one brother played as Mercy and I thought it was hilarious because he was actually doing a pretty good job but he would get so frustrated when people would run out of range of his heals and I was like, welcome to the life of a healer. No one pays attention to line of sight and it was just it was it was this beautiful moment where I could tell he finally, you know, understood a bit of pain that suddenly, he was go through. Suddenly you understand my world. Yes. Since, you since you've since you've done that as a nice segue, I think we'll mention the next thing I was going to have for news. Um, the Heroes PTR has got Ragnaros on it right now. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just came out yesterday. It's you play the game a reasonable amount. I'm I'm told. Yeah. And yeah. So you should talk about Ragnaros because I understand one thing about Ragnaros that you can use him in his molten core ability to take over a fort. Yes. Um. And he so he has a couple of different abilities. One basically he instantly attacks and it heals and it does damage kind of in an arc. Um, this is not his fort mode. Uh, then he has one where he rolls. It's kind of like Chogal's that where he rolls a ball or molten rock or something. Um, and then the other one he puts, uh, it's like living bomb or something on himself or an ally, which increases movement speed. And when it ex- expires, it does an explosion. Um, so he's, I mean, he's pretty strong overall. Like he's tanky on his own. His Big deal, though, is Molten Core, which is where he takes over a fort, which I w- I, I'm I still confused on the wording on names like forts, towers, and stuff like that. They are the big ones, either like the the big keeps that you want to take down. So the, the two that kind of um, are on the sides of the gates, you can't control those, just the big keeps. But he takes it over for not as long as I thought. Um, it's not indefinite. No, it's not indefinite. It's okay. until he runs out of health, but he, like he loses health in his own and he loses his own health somewhat quickly. But if he's being attacked, he'll lose it even faster. But he does a huge arcing swing, like a 180 degree swing that is just ginormous range and does a ton of damage. Um, he does the ball rolly thing, except it it rains like meteors down instead of rolling the ball, essentially. Um and You're saying also, when he takes over a fort, he basically turns into Rag from Firelands. He, he does. He's yeah. like a raid boss. He becomes a raid boss. And he has like he has a big range on his like outside of his arcing swing. He has a big range on his other abilities. So it's not like you defend a fort and you can't attack someone who's attacking your lane. Um, you can do stuff up close and from far away. And it's he's a blast. Like no no pun intended, I guess. Um, he also has an ultimate where he can send fire waves down an entire lane and you can upgrade it to do two charges. So you can, it, it instantly kills minions and does a ton of damage to heroes. So you can just send fire waves down a lane. It's kind of like the little rag pet battle ability, actually. And then I, I forget 
what his other ultimate is. Um, but he's he's different, like, and he's not different in the way that is like frustrating and underpowered. He's different in a way that is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. I think it adds an additional element to the game that wasn't really there before. Yeah, I think um, my only complaint with him is that. He also he has the little rag skin, which is adorable. But my complaint is that his base skin, his master skin, and his little rag skin have orange, red, and yellow color variants, and they're really hard to tell apart. Like even when you're not in the midst of combat, and I kind of wish they had gone for uh, like fell rag or purple rag or blue rag or something like just embrace. I bet you will see something like that in the future. I, no, I really hope we do. And someone on Twitter suggested like a shaw skin for rag, which. <gasps> oh my god. That would be so cool. Please make that happen. Or I would thunder, love thunder on. Why not thunder thunder on? Like, yeah. Just that's my one complaint about him is that his like color variations aren't uh, they're nothing to, you know, be too excited about. But other than that, he is an awesome hero and I cannot wait for him to come out. Just give him skins that make him look like the other elemental lords. That would be pretty yeah. fun. Except maybe maybe not um Oh god, I can't remember her name, but she lives underground. Therizane. Maybe, maybe not Therizane. Maybe not Therizane. That'd be a little weird. <laughs> Someone said Christmas tree rag in chat. <laughs> giant tree taking over bases. Swings a giant trunk there's, around. There's a lot of things you could do, and I hope they fully embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright, well, I guess at this point, the uh, last thing to really bring up, unless one of you guys know something that recently happened since I I do, actually. Mean Streets of Gadgetland yeah. came out That's last week. Alright, so I know nothing that. about it. Mean Streets of Gadgetan came out last week. Is that all we got for it because Alex isn't here? Um, well, yeah, because I don't really play Hearthstone <laughs> all that much. Um, I believe we talked about this last week where I said, you know, yeah. the only reason, I, the only time I play Hearthstone is when I'm just like looking to mess around with the card game a little bit. But yeah, it uh, came out last week on the 1st of December and it seems to be pretty, going pretty well. I think they're doing something where they're tracking the different they families. They are. They're tracking the different cool. families. And, and they're tweeting it on Twitter. Like, they have a graph going on where they're talking about what's going on with it. So, I, I, that's pretty cool, too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is this is pretty neat. Um, so, yeah. If you want to pick up Mean Streets of Gadgetan, it's out. You can get it now. Probably should. Sounds like it's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, so, last up, I'm just going to mention this really fast, that... Legion's PTR has now got more from 7.1.5 on it. One of the things I noticed when going through the notes was that they've made some changes, and they're making more changes. Literally, um, I think Mitch found this out. They're making changes like on the fly, even like they've cha- they've done class balance changes as recently as like two days ago. Um, there's new Nighthold stuff, like new items and so forth from Nighthold have been data mined with with different stats and different eye levels than they originally had. So stuff is still progressing. Um, I we're on track for 7.1.5 after December. Like I would not be surprised to see it in January, based on the changes I've seen most recently. It feels like they're starting to. Yeah, I originally thought it would be mid-December, um, but they're still doing a lot of class changes, and it sounds like they don't have stuff nailed down how they kind of want to. I'm going to guess um, either January... Th- Oops, go back. I'm looking at my calendar here. That's not the right one. Let's I see. wouldn't expect it before the 3rd. I was going to say January 3rd or January 10th. Probably not the 3rd. Blizzard's still going to be... You know, yeah, because like, they have the days they they have like Christmas off and then they also have New Year's off, so that would be like right back from the holiday. I'd say probably like the seventeenth would be a good yeah. day. Seventeenth feels like a safe time to say. Yeah. so I agree with you on that one. Yeah, 
it definitely feels like they're they're at the point where they they're the light is at the end of the tunnel. But as Niche said, they're still making class changes and corrections. Um, right after I publish articles. Well, that's what you have to do is publish an article so they'll immediately post it yeah, and, yeah, and validate yeah. it. If you need yep. something to happen, just make an article. <laughs> and then yeah, it'll that... happen right after you've published it. <laughs> right after. Right after. But at this point, um, we're going to do what we usually do, which is to do emails. Um, uh, as is the case, if you've got an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, we like emails on pretty much any topic, any game, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, if you can keep them short... Uh, one of you kept it real short this week, uh, but if you can keep it short, that's good. Um, we, we do try to get to whatever we can, but sometimes they're very long and we have to summarize. And it's useful when they're not. Uh, as is usually the case, Anne's going to read them for us, so if you could take over, Anne. Okay, so this first one is from Shu Zhang. I think I pronounced that right, at Dathramar. Um, it says, Brewmasters, all we get is a PSA. Discuss. I don't know what you mean. Neither do I, because I don't play Brewmaster yeah, at all. Yeah, I was going to try to look this up real quick. Um, yeah, I, I don't no, know what yeah. you mean by a PSA even, man. Public service like, announcement? Yeah, like, did, did someone, like, you know, Brewmasters, you drink too much. Don't drink so much, Brewmasters. Message brought to you by other classes. Like, I, I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate the brevity, but we're going to need a little more than that. <laughs> so uh, if you want to send us an email that clarifies a little bit more, that'd be great. Um as far as brewmasters go, I'm not familiar with that class. I don't play a monk, so I haven't really got anything to say on it other than monks are cool. Um, yeah, I, I I do play a monk, but I haven't gotten to it in a little while, so yeah. I, do you tank sure, on your monk? Oh, I did. You remember? Okay. But I haven't like really gotten past like level seven. Oh yeah, on. that was your live stream character for a while. Yeah. Until... It was just it was too easy. I just couldn't handle keg. it. Keg, keg, keg everything. Yeah, keg everything. All right. I'm much happier um, with the Death Knight. Maybe that maybe that's a PSA for you. Switch to Death Knight. Oh, okay. Tech Totem says in the chat channel, it's with the devs only responding to Brewmaster concerns by saying that they're good, but the community won't try them. Oh, well, you uh. should try them. I felt like here's the thing is I feel like that's right. There was something in the last Q and A. There was something in the last Q and A where they were talking about. I remember they were talking about Brewmasters and they were talking about how Brewmasters actually perform well, but people won't take them in groups or anything like that because they won't give them the chance. To show that they can play well, so there was like. Um, um speaking of which, mm-hmm. there's a Q and A tomorrow. There is, there is a Q and A tomorrow at I want to say 12 PST, noon PST, noon Pacific, Where? I believe. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's oh, like they're 10 not... a.m. Pacific. Is it 10 a.m. Pacific? Okay, 10 yeah. 10 Pacific, so noon site time. That's what I'm thinking. Um, anyway, yeah, it's they they think that like. The general perception of brewmasters seems to be that brewmasters are not very good, but they are. They're like really good. They're they're really good. I mean, does it look like they're good? Probably not as much, just because the mechanic and how they play makes them look like they're constantly on the verge of death, but they're not. You know. Yeah, I won't. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and and say that I agree with Blizzard on brewmasters one way or the other. I've been in the class that the Bru- Blizzard has told us you're fine. And we've said, no, we're not. I've been that guy lots of times. So it's very possible that brewmasters aren't good. I don't know. Uh, but since I haven't gotten my brewmaster to level 110, I can't really tell you. It's it's one of those things. I just, I I hope you get more. Like, I, I would definitely say do hit that Q&A up if you can. 
um, ask some questions if it's not too late. They probably already got their questions for it. Like, I don't know how they're doing this one. They'll they'll still take them. You could probably still, um, you can submit them on the forum thread or you can use the hashtag, what is it? Legion QA. Legion QA. Use hashtag Legion QA on Twitter to submit a question that way if you have something like a specific concern about Brewmasters. But, I mean, I... I know some people who have played Brewmasters, and they don't seem to be discontent at all with the class. Like they seem to be okay with it. So I don't, I don't, yeah. Without any kind of clarification, I really, I really don't know what to tell you. I'm gonna say this: if you have concerns about your class's performance, it's always best to get really specific with them. Yeah. Um, from, again, from my experience with Warriors, don't just say, hey, Fury feels weak. Say, Colossus Smash uses up a lot of our time. We're very dependent on the uh, you know, the debuff. What do you, can you do about that? They, stuff like that they'll look at. There's will... a, a, a good example of this. Um, Shadow Priest feedback, like not to you know come back to my own class, but there is a someone outlined like seven different things, and it was detailed, it was specific, it wasn't just complaining, it was actually... This is what's happening. You know, this is why you made it, but this is why it's not going to work or why it feels clunky. They need the constructive criticism is what they need. Lore went back and he responded to all seven points in pretty decent detail. And even if I don't 100 percent agree with everything they're doing, it's it's the kind of communication that I like to see. And it's the kind of communication from the players that Blizzard wants to see as well. If you feel like you know your class isn't getting the attention it needs, it really does help to to give them specifics and to be like you know as as detailed as possible. Not again, detailed as possible isn't an, a torrent of invective. It's not you know insulting them, you know, telling them their mothers should have never been born or anything like that. It's straight up. This is the problem I'm having. This is like I'm gonna make up a problem just to give you the idea. Like it's like imagine saying I, I you know I can't build up enough of enough chi to use keg smash properly i can't get i can't keep myself my rotation going that kind of thing is useful it's not useful to just say well i feel weak but to tell them i feel weak because i can't get my rotation to work i can't get my rotation to work because i can't gather the proper resources that kind of stuff is useful so if you want to hit up that q a tomorrow yeah yeah. that gives them something to look at directly because if you give them kind of a vague statement well that could be anything and they don't they don't know what you're talking about, really. You need to like pinpoint in, with like some degree of accuracy, like point out exactly what it is that you're feeling, and that gives them something that they can actually like focus on and look at. Yeah, um, if you're if you're not sure what kind of stuff we're referring to, go go look at the Shadow Priest yeah. post because it it outlines perfectly how you should you know yeah. convey your feedback. And if you want to you know give us some more clarification, there's Shushang. Shuzhang, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not sure. Anyway, if you want to give us some more clarification, please feel free to email us again. We will we will gladly address this a second time next week. Well, I won't be here, but everybody else will. So <laughs> she can make any promises she wants. She I can make any promises I want. I won't be here. No. Um. Okay. So the next email is from Bumboso from Kill Jaden, who says, Hello, Watchers. While leveling my Shaman, I noticed elementals scattered throughout the Broken Isles needing help and giving me artifact power when I help. Although on my Mage and Warrior, I haven't noticed these elementals needing help, which makes me think that they only show up for the Shaman. Are there other little class-specific side quests scattered throughout the Broken Isles? If so, what are some you've experienced? Thanks, Bumboso. Um, I'm going to jump in real quick and point out right off the bat, if you are a druid and you have the size of a loon, there are feral worgen all over the place. And if you go up to them, you can turn them back into people. It's pretty cool. And they'll give you artifact power. 
Yeah, I don't think Warriors have anything like that specifically. I mean, there is a, some cool stuff, but it isn't that. Um, not that we really I ended up feeling like I needed it or anything like that. Uh, I, I haven't played my Shaman that much yet, so I haven't got a chance to do that. Uh, Paladins, if you have Truth Guard on a Paladin, you can expose demons. There are demons in various places that throughout. That helps so much. In Dalaran, too. In Court there's of Stars, demons. Mythic. Yeah, there's demons all over the place, and you can use Truth Guard to expose them. Uh, that's just one example of like a specific class. In this um, case, a spec thing. Yeah, people watching on the stream right now will see I'm in the post-Emerald Nightmare area, and there's this flower here. I click on it, and my dagger says something really cool. Um, no one else can click on this flower. No one else knows why it's here. Shadow Priests get that, and that's in addition to all the other things that the dagger does say uh, while you know just out and about in uh, Legion content. I know with my rogue, um, the daggers that I have, I have the Kingslayers, and when I'm wandering around, occasionally I will run into an NPC who says, hey, wow, those are mega scary. Can I look at those for a second? And if you hand them over and let them look at them, then they will hand them back and say, hey, wow, those are really cool. And they are terrible, awful, horrible blades. Here, have some artifact power. (laughs) Um, On the note of other people seeing them, they may have changed it because this was really annoying. A while back, um, I ran into one of those elementals in Stormheim, and I was in a party with a shaman friend. And it said, hey, you should, you know, there's something about this. You should maybe find a shaman and see if they can talk to it. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to unlock something. Shaman friend finds it, gets the rewards, gets to see everything that happens, and I get nothing. So it wasn't like, hey, find a shaman and it was share on the, the Yeah, stuff. it was on the live stream, too. Um, there was, correctly. yeah, there was we a... We were doing, like, beta streaming. I found them on the beta stream. And yeah. because I was in a group with other people, the other people could attack the elemental. If I wasn't in the group, um, I don't think anybody would be able to see it like you see where the shrines are at but there's nothing there if you're on a shaman there's actually something there it's like a little rumbling of earth and you can talk to it but yeah it's just like it's just to give you some more artifact power is all um yeah there are various class has like just different stuff that does that yeah i i don't i can't recall anything particularly warrior that's like that but you know it could just be that i don't have any npcs talking to you or anything nothing like that um I, I did have like this, you know, my two-handed sword made trolls freak out, but that oh, that's oh, that's your special, that's your special class thing. Yeah, is you make trolls freak out. <laughs> Odin kills shadow priests if they piss him off. Really? Yeah, if you um, if you finish halls of valor, it doesn't happen all the time, but your dagger will be like Odin something something something. You should ask him about Thorim, <laughs> uh, and and you ask him about it, and he's like. What the heck? How dare you? And he kills you. It's it's great. <laughs> oh my gosh, your dagger is really rude. What a rude, rude dagger. Okay. So um yeah, Bomoso. I think every class has like a little special something. What that is, it varies by class to class. So I don't know. The other cool thing about rogues is they can like get to their class hole by going through secret passageways throughout Dalaran. It's kinda neat. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, next email does not have a name on it, but it says, Hi, guys. I'll cut to the chase. Seeing as Blizzard went through all the trouble to retcon Grumash back into the story last expansion, what are the chances of him being pulled into our timeline and helmed as the war chief down the line? I feel like Warlords is setting him up for this very moment, as I don't think Sylvanas will last very long as war chief. <sighs> okay. I, I have. I thought about this one. All right. You, you go ahead, Mitch. I feel like maybe blizzard had 
that idea in mind um, when they were developing Warlords. And maybe that's why Gromash like kind of appeared in that redemption-ish light at the end of Hellfire. Um, but honestly, I think whatever story beats they had planned for Warlords, they sort of, outside of Gul'dan, they sort of cut them all out and said, nope, we're not looking back at that. It's Legion and onward. Um, so I think maybe at one point there may have been a plan for that, but I don't think they're going to do that now. I think Blizzard, almost as much as players, kind of wants to forget Warlords. That's my take. Uh, okay, Rossi, come on. You got more than that. I just, uh, Gromash. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if Blizzard, like, we've, we've talked about it before, that Warlords just changes. Like, you get to level 100, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, you like, you, the story's good, you're having a good time, it was like, that's a heck of a leveling experience. And then, like, I don't know what happens. It's like, you know, halfway through the first fight in Heimel and you realize... Wait, I'm I'm gonna kill one of the warlords right in the first fight of the first raid. Wait, I've already killed like one of the warlords in a dungeon. What's going on? And just from there, like the the story careens around like like some pe- like people were fighting for the steering wheel in a in a car that is now not being driven by anybody. And I I, I just every time I think about it, I get this sense of like you know it really does feel like at some point they just decided. Nah, no, forget it. We're just going to have everything go fell at the end. And I don't know. It's one of the things I was most afraid of about Legion was Legion was just going to be more of like Hellfire Citadel. And thank God I was wrong. But the idea of Gromash coming back and being Warchief, it's like, first off, we already know what a Hellscream would be like as Warchief. We've had that experience. I don't feel like I need break into Hellscream Boogaloo. If, if anybody is coming back to our reality, it's Urel. Urel, whatever, how you pronounce it. I don't want her as Warchief Yurel. either. Yeah, I, I don't want her as Warchief. I just if someone's coming from Warlords of Draenor, it's her. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think I feel like you know if we're going to Argus in seven point three, I feel like the idea of those guys coming back into the story is extremely remote. Like I don't I don't think it's likely to happen. I'm not saying Sylvanas will stay Warchief. It's quite possible Sylvanas will like you know. Here's the thing: is Sylvanas is 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 pretty freaking evil, and I don't I'm not trying to argue that she isn't. She's also extremely cunning. She knows that. Her being the overall in-charge leader of the Horde gives her some advantages, but it also paints a really big bullseye on her. Not just from the Alliance, but also from other members of the Horde who are going to be watching her very carefully. She doesn't necessarily want the job. She took it because she was probably the best for it. She was the most experienced battlefield commander they had. But in terms of actually being Warchief, She's not really tremendously big on it, and I wouldn't be surprised if she voluntarily stepped down after the crisis was somewhat over. See, I view it differently. I view it as she realizes this is one of the highest positions of power she'll have, and she can use her cunning to kind of still, you know, complete her work in the shadows, so to speak. Um, And if anyone questions her, she's the war chief. Except like, that it's already we've already seen that if anyone questions her, saying I'm the war chief does not work because she's got the example of what happened to Garrosh Hellscream in front of her. Yeah, but like I think she's smart enough not to just be upfront and in your face about it the way Garrosh was. I think she she's already upfront in her in your face about it in a completely different way. We've already seen this. Um, Sylvanas is straight up. She's got plans that she doesn't want to involve the Horde in. The entirety of what we see her do in Stormheim is Sylvanas showing us. Yeah, I've got my own deal, my own agenda, and I don't want you to know anything about it. Even if you're forsaken, 
She straight up doesn't even. If you're playing a Forsaken, she still tells you nothing. Yeah, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. I, I think. I just played through that. I just played through that the other day. I took my rogue through there, and she said that in order for the horde or the Forsaken to properly continue assisting the horde, they need to be be able to perpetuate themselves. And that's why she's working on what she's working on. Like, that's the most explanation that she gave me. But it was enough where I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can kind of see your point. And and see, that's that's what I'm talking about being cunning. In my view, even if that's her, like, if she's pseudo lying about that because she wants her own, you know, she wants she has her own plans. It it's a smart enough thing to say because it it is technically true. And she is in the sort of position where. It's less likely to be, you know, if she weren't war chief and she was telling this to another war chief, like she did to Garrosh, she might have someone question her more so. But now that she's war chief and she's saying this thing that, you know, technically supports the horde, it's less likely to be questioned. And I think she, I, I can see her using this position of power as something to fulfill her plans um, without as much interference while still being smart about it. But, but I'm anyway, interested to see where it goes anyways. Either way, I don't think Ramash Hellstream is going to be showing up and becoming war chief for the Horde anytime soon. Part of I me don't... still wonders if that story, how how that story would have been different if we had done Legion first. Like if Garrosh had disappeared, gone through the time portal, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, wow, the Broken Isles have exploded. What's going on here? And over the course of it, you uncover that it's Gul'dan. But it's this different Gul'dan from someplace we've never been. And at the end of Legion, we have to go to Draenor to, like, put an end to him, like, stop him entirely. And I'm wondering, would that story have played differently? And would we have been looking at the Warlords in a different kind of light at the end of it all? Hard to say, because they didn't have Warlord- the Legion ready when they did Warlords. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Warlords was originally going to be, well, not originally, but at one point they considered having Garrosh bring together, like, the mongrel races of Azeroth, not even go to Draenor. I know, which is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird idea. It could have been interesting, but it was a weird idea. Yeah. Before that, they had the idea of, you know, they even said, you know, well, what if he goes back to Draenor and raises them all from the dead? It's like, <laughs> what? You know, so, so there was a lot... Warlords definitely had its planning stages. Okay. Well, our next email is from Alessander, who says, Good morning, Watchers. It's 3 a.m., and I have a question. Well, it's not 3 a.m. here, so we can answer it, hopefully. Um, He says, What if Sargeras changed his mind? Even if he does purge everything and starts over, the Void Lords won't stop sending out more old gods. So maybe Sargeras is trying to recruit Azeroth and or us to go fight the void lords and purge later i have no evidence other than it was the lich king's plan to find the best enslave the rest and two titans are better than one if sargeras is in charge of course there could be all new titans he's recruited to serve him perhaps fell beings are resistant to void transmutation is that even a thing or undead soldiers are stronger than living ones in sargeras's opinion and sargeras knows best maybe sucking planets into the nether protects them from the void lords enjoy i'm back to bed alessander Rossi, what do you think? Uh, I don't. I think we've pretty much established that sucking planets into the nether doesn't protect them from the void, because we've got Dementius, uh, who shows up on Outland when you're uh, doing, you know, the Burning Crusade, and that dude's—he's actually eaten whole planets with void power. He's—he destroyed Karash, the uh, ethereal homeworld. That dude's voidy, void, 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 void. He—he he is super voidy. He is totally into the void, and he's got no problem wrecking stuff on outland so yeah nether doesn't protect you from the void in the slightest uh as far as void transmutation is concerned uh 
we kind of do see that. I mean, if you look at Shadow Priests, they can kind of go like Super Saiyan with Void, and then they sort of die. So it's it's got its limitations. Uh, the the that's, whole that's only if we go Super Saiyan four. We can yeah. still go Super Saiyan and you know go back to regular Saiyan. But they they do there does seem to be a certain amount of Void transmutation, so to speak. You'll notice, um, and we haven't heard anything about him since, but there's a boss in Hellfire Citadel yeah. who is equal parts Void and Fell. Yeah, someone just mentioned that in the chat. I was going to bring that up. Zolharok. So, doesn't seem like Void and Fell are antagonistic in that way, or they might still be antagonistic in that way, but but Garage, but not Garage, Gul'dan was determined to at least play with it. Fun really, story. Uh, I'm actually um, working on Know Your Lore. I was working on it right before the show, and I'm still working on it right now, but... Um, I'm going into the different magic schools of Warcraft and how they interact and play with each other. And I do discuss this whole fell and shadow thing. I just finished writing about it before we started doing the show. So um, look for that on Friday. And you talk about it now. Well, I mean, I guess I could. I don't know. I'm going to write about it on Friday. So <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, like basically what I'm saying is... Alessandra says, all yay, stuff- by the way, I'm a girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a very tired girl. Sorry, Alessandra. Didn't realize. Either way, though, if we're going to look at the central question of whether or not Sargeras changed his mind, the thing is, is it doesn't seem like Sargeras's mind was ever making its decisions in a rational way. Like, no. he, he's not he's not sitting down and going, hmm, what would be the most effective way to fight the Void Lords? He's, he's raving. He's very reactive. He's kind of raving crackers at this point. Yeah. He saw, some, he saw something that he should not have been. He saw a Titan that was going to awaken as a void monstrosity and he had only so much time to act and he chose to, to, to take up arms and slay one of his own people rather than let it rise as one of those things. Then he went back to, to the rest of the Pantheon and was like, we have to, you know, we got to get to get, we got to figure out how to stop this. This is insane. And they're like, wow, that was horrible what you did. And he's like, you're not listening to me. And they're like, well, how could you do that? And they're like, could you focus up on the part where it's like I had to do it and now we need to worry about everything else in the universe? There always has to be another option. All right, I'm done. And, you know, from that moment, he basically made a decision that, you know, I was right to do what I did and I'll and I'll listen to nothing else. So when they came to him and said, look, no, we've you know, you've created this legion. It's horrible, but we've totally found this Titan Azeroth that can totally stop this. And he's like, you found another Titan with void corruption and you're trying to make it wake up. Is that what I'm hearing? And he basically, at that moment, he decided, I'm going to have to kill you. And he did it. Well, I need to make that not happen. And oh. then there's also a weird thing, and I, I don't remember exactly where it comes from, but there's also a weird thing about, I think it's, it's actually like the Scepter of Sargeras mentions it. Sargeras is kind of like crazy obsessed about Azeroth now. He looked into the eye of Azeroth and it looked back at him. And then he fell in love. Yeah, Aww. or whatever. I mean, I don't it's know. It's a love how, story. I don't know how this is all going to work out. But at any rate, yeah, Sargeras is not sane. So the idea that he changed his mind and is trying to recruit us, that might be reasonable to do. And I don't think Sargeras is very big on reasonable. See, I, one, I, I'm not a fan. Like, Blizzard kind of does the bad guy turned good or good guy turned bad thing a decent amount. So I wouldn't really want him to take that turn, even if it's likely. But more so, especially being a shadow priest and listening to the dagger talk all the time, I feel like the old gods would be more likely to the one, more likely to be the ones who are like, "All right, I mean, Azeroth is fighting all these fell people. Let's just kind of, you know, sit back and then strike when whoever wins is weakest." Um, that's, they seem... that's the thing is 
what people tend to forget, and probably because it was only brought up in Chronicle, so it's 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 relatively new information as far as that goes. Sargeras is working directly against the Void. We just happen to be people that are in the way of him doing that. Um, and, and he believes that the best way to stop the Void from doing what it's planning on doing is, by, is to destroy the universe. So that's why he's doing his thing. Um, meanwhile, yeah, of course the Old Gods and the Void Lords and the Void itself is content to just sort of sit back and let Sargeras beat his head against Azeroth because we're the ones with the best chance of defeating him. And once he's out of the picture, cool, the void is like clear to go on and do whatever the heck it wants to do. Consume the universe. I don't know. Um, Another way to look at this might be a real simple one. Um, the enemy of your enemy isn't always your friend. It is, however, always your enemy's enemy. Yeah. So you don't need to extend yourself to help them in any way, but it isn't a bad idea to let, you know, Look at like the fact that Mitch keeps talking about the Shadow Priest Dagger. The Shadow Priest Dagger is effectively like a like a Shathraxi monstrosity in knife form. Yeah. You're carrying around a piece of old god servitor and it's totally giving you helpful hints. And you know why it's giving you <laughs> helpful hints? Because if you get rid of Sargeras, then that's one less thing that they have to fight. And, and there are so many points, and I really want to gather up all the quotes at some point, but yeah. like, where the, the dagger is like this city's awesome, but it pales in comparison to, you know, the black, the sleeping city or city of Nihilotha. And there are all these things where the dagger says, like, yeah, you keep doing what you're doing. These guys are actually kind of nothing. Yeah. Like, like, the real threat looms. And that, especially that quote that I, you know, showed on the stream earlier from the end of Emerald Nightmare basically says, like, yeah, uh, this is the beginning. This isn't the real threat, etc. Like, yeah, so I, I mean, it's smart of the Void Lords to just kind of sit back and let us take out, let one of their enemies take out the other enemy. As far as as far as the whole schools of magic thing go, um, I think that the Burning Legion, obviously, they are f- consumed with fell magic. That's that's like the backbone of the Burning Legion is fell magic. They've embraced it. Um, I feel like the Burning Legion uses shadow in the same way that warlocks use fell. Um, warlocks on Azeroth are using fell magic. They're basically using using the Legion's tools against against the Legion. That's that's kind of like why they decided to start doing what they were doing. Um, not not the warlocks like the the Shadow Council warlocks. I'm talking about like the warlocks of Azeroth, the heroes that we are playing in game. Um, they have embraced this whole fell thing, and they've kind of talked it off anyway as we're just going to use these magics against we're going to we're going to use these magics we're going to understand these magics and once we understand these magics we could turn around and use it on the burning legion and get rid of the burning legion and meanwhile coincidentally it's also highly addictive and we really really like it so we're just going to keep using it right i feel like the burning legion looked at the void its greatest enemy and said what can we use from this? What can we turn if we can if we can harness some of this? Can we turn it around and use it against the void? Um, and their way of using it against the void is using it to helpfully help them destroy a bunch of planets and things like that. Which is why they've got void walkers. Which is why they use shadow magic every now and again. Well, plus there's there's at least one group of demons that actually very much likes the void and void magic. Yeah. That's the uh, the Nathrezim. Yeah, the Nathrezim. And those those they guys think it's are great. They like Void so much that, you know, back before 
the Legion existed, Sargeras discovered the Nathrazim's existence when he discovered the planet completely infested with Void Lords, yeah. and with, with old gods. It was seething with Void Energy. That's He found it, and that's where he found the Nathrazim. And this is when that he started to crack, because he started torturing them immediately. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing he did was torture them for information. So Sargeras already was starting to lose it right way way back because this was like that's that terrifying to him i don't think he's rational about how to fight it i don't certainly don't think he fears us or respects us enough to think we could help him stop the void lords the only thing the only way we can help him is with a clean death ours <laughs> like you know that ser- we, seriously we're bugs and as soon as we get on with being dead bugs the better as far as he's concerned i'm just reminded of arthas i'm sorry yeah that's why I, that's why i said it's it like I mean, clean death. Okay. I, it's like my, my wife the other day was like, you know, can you help me move the couch? And I was like, honey, I'm sorry. I can only help you with a clean death. <laughs> and she's like, you know, you can get over here and help move the couch. You'll have a clean death. I'm like, yep, here I go, man. Okay, so we've got one more email here. Let's go ahead and address that real quick before we wrap up the show. Um, this one is from Velcron, an orc death knight from Worm Rest Accord. Shout out to Worm Rest Accord. I have alts there, too. Who says, hello, watchers. Quick question about the Argent Crusade post-Broken Shore. Considering that a large portion of their forces were decimated at the Broken Shore, along with the tragic death of Tyrion Fordring, do you think the Crusade as a faction is finished, or could they reform under a new leader in a future expansion? I know that there's a few Crusaders in the Paladin and Priest Order Hall, but I'd like to see more of the other members that aren't in those classes, like Leonid Bartholomew or Corfax. Corfax. I think that Maxwell Tarant Tarosis is that how you Tarosis, yes, Tarosis. Maxwell Tarosis would be a good choice to lead since he led the Argent Dawn in Vanilla. What are your thoughts, Felcron? Um, Corfax could run anything anywhere. He is—he's a beast that will not die. <laughs> He can only help you with the clean death. He can only help you with the clean death. And he's really helpful. And he's super (laughs) mad. He's just super mad all the time. Corfax is extremely helpful with the clean death. That guy will give you a clean death anywhere you happen to be on the map. Just running around. Um, Before you give your answer, from an uninformed perspective, what exactly is the point of the Argent Crusade at this point? Well, it's not like the Scourge or the Forsaken are gone. And in fact, uh, if you've played to the end of the Death Knight, um, quest, you know, I have not. there's a an action that is taken that would definitely get the Argent Crusade to start taking stuff seriously again. Basically, the the thing is that the Argent Crusade is effectively kind of welded to the Paladin Order, like the Knights. They of the are, Sun. and there's a lot of interlap between the two groups. For one thing, the the Paladin Class Order Hall is the big headquarters of the of the Argent Crusade. Yeah, it's that the Light's Hope. It's right there. It's in Light's Hope. And I mean the Argent Crusade. It was the Order of this. It was the remnants of the Order of the Silver Hand and the Argent Dawn. They came together. They formed the Argent Crusade, and it was specifically to fight the Lich King. And once all of that was over with, what did they do? They went back to the Plague Lands because they're trying to purify the Plague Lands. They're trying to get rid of the remaining Scourge taint that's out there, and make everything clean again and nice again and not undeadified. That's yeah, what they're doing. With um, the arrival of the Legion, basically you have a situation where whatever you call the order, you call it the, the Knights of the Silver Hand, which I believe is what it's being called. And it's made up of various other subgroups like the, uh, the Blood Knights and the Sunwalkers and the Vindicators. Uh, pretty much, you call it the Knights of the Silver Hand or the Argent Dawn or the Argent Crusade. It's all basically the same thing. It's Yeah, what they did was the Argent Crusade, they heard that this whole Burning Legion thing was going down on the Broken Shore and they sent a contingent out there. Tyrion, obviously, he fell... 
Um, and then the paladin, the well, and the paladin player kind of assumed that whole position of high lord, correct? Yeah, he he is. That's literally their title. Right, if and then after your... that, after that, they decided let's just go ahead and reform the Order of the Silver Hand. So the Argent Crusade is in this nebulous space where it doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, it's sort of like it's actually kind of funny because it's the exact same thing that happened before, right? But in reverse. Yeah. Like before, the the Knights of the Silver Hand and the Argent Dawn came together and were basically absorbed into each other and became the Argent Crusade. The Argent Dawn itself was essentially a group of paladins and other like-minded people that broke off from the uh, the Scarlet Crusade. Yeah, because the Scarlet Crusade was like, hey, we need to get rid of the undead, and they got really, really into that whole getting rid of the like they went a little overboard and they went so far over board that there were groups that were like hey you guys are getting a little too intense with this whole thing like the part where you go to a village and you see somebody cough and you decide they have the plague and you just kill them <laughs> we don't really agree with that so they kind of split off and they formed that splinter group that was the argent dawn and they were doing the same thing they were combating the undead they were combating the scourge but they were doing so rationally they dialed back the crazy. They dialed back the crazy a lot. They cranked yeah. it way back. In the Scarlet I order Crusade, you to purge this village. Right. Well, the Scarlet Crusade, they kind of assumed that the Argent Dawn, since the Argent Dawn wasn't working with them, they were obviously tainted with the plague. <laughs> Which is why the Scarlet Crusade and the Argent Dawn were at odds, like the entirety of Vanilla and, you know, throughout everything else. But, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting because we had, like, those two remnants came together. There was the splinter faction from the Scarlet Crusade, and then there was the like those little last remnants of the silver hand that came up and they formed the Argent Crusade and now they're splitting apart again. And Except the Argent the Dawn time. really isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, with with the death of Tyrion and the assumption of his title by the Paladin player, you basically have the least the Paladins of that group have been absorbed back into the Knights of the Silver Hand, which is now this big Paladin order. Guys yeah. like Corfax and Leonid, Leonid Bartholomew, I mean, if they're still hanging around Light's Hope and calling themselves the Argent Dawn or the Argent Crusade, no one's going to argue with them. Uh, because I'm pretty like sure the, nobody's ever going to argue with Corfax about anything, ever. It's not twice, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it is right now they're basically... It feels wrong to say they're gone exactly, but they're certainly not, an, they're not a force. They're very much... I think we could chalk them up to as, to like, their fate is uncertain and leave it there. Because it just hasn't been defined. Nobody said anything about it. Nobody said, hey, here's where the Argent Dawn went or where the Argent Crusade went or anything else. Yeah, yeah. I would agree because you really don't. All you know is that pretty much everything that they were doing got absorbed into the Paladin Order. And pretty much all of their big Paladin people went into the Paladin Order. Um, I mean, Tyros you see Tyrosius a couple of times. He's in the, the Paladin Order Hall. So, yeah, if you're a Paladin, you're you're in there. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, that wraps us up for emails. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast for the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thanks a lot, Ian. Uh, first off, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast because, like everyone said, it's my birthday tomorrow. And... It's been cool to be involved in the show as long as I have. Um, been doing it for a long time now, and yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, I I do like getting to do this every week. So happy birthday in advance! Yeah, happy birthday in advance. 
Uh, if you have an email for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Like I said before, I uh, love to talk about pretty much anything. I'd love to get some Diablo questions in here. If you Feel free to ask Diablo questions. I'm getting back into Diablo in a big way. So, uh, you know, the Dark Knight of Tristram's coming. I really want to do that. So definitely ask us some Diablo questions. And uh, thank you guys very much for listening. And we will uh, be here next week. 